Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. A star attraction. The one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. You know, welcome to Kill Me Now. I just want to say, this is so exciting because, well, first of all, getting you on this podcast is like, you know, come on, Lisa Vidal, who is, I, 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 you know, you've been around for so long, not meaning you're old, you're not old, you're younger than me, but you have been a working actress and not like shit work, like, like major high quality, juicy theater and your story is so fucking inspiring. So, um, and I love you because you're such, you're a Queens girl, which I love. <laughs> and, you know, when I was reading about you and, you know, growing up and, you know, you moved from the Bronx to Queens. So just a little background, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, welcome Lisa Vidal, who we fucking thank love. You, thank you, thank you. And uh, this is the Jew Bell, and you have you have half Jewish kids, so here we go. Okay. Woo! So, by the way, I'm just putting, I never do this. I never, like, plug shit because I really just do this because I love it, and I love, you know, the people I interview. But the fact, you're starring in The Baker uh, and The Beauty, and it's, like, Israeli. And yep. I've been hearing about it forever and it's like you're the matriarch of the it's so fucking exciting it really is it really is i absolutely this 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 is probably my my favorite character that i've ever played quite frankly wow Um, it's just because i'm able to inject so many parts of who lisa is at the core and they gave me so much freedom with this role and i'm just absolutely loving wait a minute a network gave you freedom? Pretty much. And, you know, Dean, the creator, uh, Gene, right. uh, Dean George Harris, who's the creator of the Cuban-American version, um, right. gave us so much freedom and trusts our instincts as actors, but also as us, all of us being Latin. And, you know, really quickly, though, first of all, I want to say I'm so happy to talk to you because you bring the New York out in me. I love I'm such a I'm such a New York girl. Oh, my I, I God. Love my New I love it. I love I love it. And I just want to wish all you guys, of course, the best of health. And, you know, my, my New you. York people, I know that you guys are really going through it. Well, so I'm, in I I'm in Providence. Massachusetts. We came to our house in Massachusetts because ah. I feel guilty. But I was like. You know, I live in a small apartment. It's 950 square feet. You know, the elevator, the, you know, and it's already in my building. And I just, I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. You got to take precaution and you got to protect yeah. yourself and your family. Absolutely. Um, okay. um, but um, yeah, so getting back to the baker and the beauty. And thank you so much for, for saying all those lovely, beautiful things about my career. Um, and also, you know, I was born in Spanish Harlem. So I've kind of lived in most of the boroughs of New York. But right. the Baker and the Beauty, like, what's ex- so exciting for me, uh, um, I did watch the Israeli series. Uh, I thought it was wonderful. Ozzy, the creator of that, was is such a cool person. Um, but being able to inject all of that yumminess into a Cuban immigrant, Cuban-American family and just play against the negative stereotypes that, you know, are so perpetuated important. in film and television. Yes. Especially so important. Yeah. 
It's yes. so important yes. to see people as people who happen to be blank. You know, exactly. that's what we are. We're we are just fucking human beings. So exactly. exactly. I like I love going through people's childhoods because I'm obsessed. But so your parents uh both born in Puerto Rico, correct? No, my mother was born in Puerto Rico. My dad was born in New York, in New York okay. City. And yeah. then you were born in Spanish Harlem, but you guys lived in the Bronx. Uh, right. and, and when, and your mother, uh, secretary, just like yes. my mother, and yes. your father um, was a, a tax consultant and a business guy. My father was a tax attorney. We have so much in common. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> and you're one of three. I'm one of three. Um, I'm one of four, actually. I'm one of four. I have three, I have two sisters and a brother. Yeah. Oh, that's my right. Sister. I was thinking you have two sisters yeah. and a brother and that added up to three. It's and because my two sisters are in the business. Like right. one's a writer and one's an actress. So they're always talking about them, you know? Right. No, I forgot. I went, I added two, uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. So are you the uh, oldest? Are the, are you the oldest of your siblings? And baby, all the comedians oh, the baby. are baby. Comedians are always most 90% the baby because we need so much fucking attention. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm the oldest. I'm always in charge of running everybody else yeah. and telling them what to do. <laughs> so, uh, um, so I looked everywhere and I could not find where you went to grammar school. Oh my gosh. Okay. So when I was younger, we moved around so much that, um, and it was, I went to grammar school. Uh, so in the Bronx, um, Castle Hill, like that area, like near Black Rock, I'm trying to remember the, 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 the name of my school. I can't even remember. Um, but that's where I went to grammar school in the Bronx. And then when I was like 11 years old, you moved to uh, Whitestone, you moved to Whitestone, Queens. My parents were like, the Bronx is getting tricky. You know, we can't even let the kids be outside too much bad stuff. This neighborhood's going, you know, not to a good place. So they moved us to a very Jewish Italian neighborhood called Whitestone, Queens. And it was like culture shock. And, um, but you had family I, there already, right? That, that I had, yeah. So my cousin, my cousin's mom and her husband, uh, he he was a Jewish cab driver, and um, he fell in love with my aunt, Puerto Rican, and they and moved her and her kids to Whitestone, Queens, out of the same neighborhood of the Bronx, because we used to live in a courtyard. You know, we Puerto Ricans, we stick together. Yeah, right. So we all lived in this little courtyard, and so he moved them out there, and then um, he was like, Manny, you got to bring the kids to this neighborhood. It's really great. It's it's safe. The schools are good, and that was it. I was 11 years old. We moved there. Changed my life in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. And you, and you say, um, I read that you said that, you know, you went from being, you know, it was it was full of people of color to, to being like the only person of color sort of in this new neighborhood to being the outsider. Yes. Yeah. Which yes, is so was. fucking hard when yeah, you're- Yeah, it was a very, home. very, it was very hard. I have to be yeah. honest. It was super hard. We were not welcomed by everybody. Um, I experienced a lot of tough stuff there. Um, um, you know, if, and, and quite frankly, if, some, if anybody was Latin, they weren't really talking about right, it. Right, right, right. Um, but, you know, um, I, I'm not sorry for any of it. I mean, my goodness, it, it, it's, it's, it, it made me stronger as a person. Yeah. So yeah, it made me stronger and more determined as a person. And I, and I actually ended up making a lot of friends and it was where I experienced my first, um, bagel with 
scallion cream cheese and I fell in love with Jews and I went to my first bar mitzvah and I, I mean, I learned all about it. So right. There was a lot of good to it, you know? Um, right. It was just a matter of us showing people like, or just, you know, kind of breaking down, knowing that we were a good family. Right. Yeah, we were a good family. It wasn't, you know? It's so funny because, so. you know, when I think of you moving there, I, I, you know, I think of Archie Bunker. I think of, you know, because that was in Queens, that all in the family took place. Right, in right. And just that that mindset. So you um, were glued to the TV and the radio as a kid, right? Yeah. And yep. always knew, I want to perform. So cut to, and I remember this with my kids. So when you, a lot of people don't know that when you go to New York City public schools, all the high schools, like if you're in junior high school, they have like a fair and they all visit your school or you go to a big, you know, right? Fair, you know, like at the Javits Center, whatever. And right. you get, they all have tables like Bronx Science and Brooklyn. Yes. Yes. And I got into so, Bronx Science, by the way. You did not. Yes, oh my I did. God, you're a fucking genius. You did? I did. I did. Yep. Oh my God. You're so fucking smart. I hate you. Okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> Neither made, of my kids. My one point. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, so you're <laughs> you're going around, you're looking around, like visiting the tables, and it's like people don't realize this because you know most people they grow up, they they go, they know exactly what school they're they're in a town, they go to the the grammar school, they go to the middle school, they go to the high school, and they don't have to have to fucking think about it. But in New York, it's like right, every right. few years you're you're applying to college. So yep. you're at this thing and you're walking around and one of your friends says, oh, I'm, I just was at the table for the high school of performing arts. And you were like, what? Is that, is that exactly how it happened? Kind oh of? Oh my God, Judy, you're so good. You are good girlfriend. Um, you know what? Yeah. Somebody that was, you know, interested in theater, she was like, oh my God, I think I'm going to go to the high school performing arts. And I was like, what's that? And she explained it to me and I was like, oh my gosh, I, that's me. I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta do this. I didn't know what a monologue really was at that time. I didn't right, know Right, so you got something at the glass menagerie. That's right. My mom, her friend at work was a model and an actress. And my mother said, listen, my daughter wants to audition for the high school performing arts. And they asked for a monologue. What do I tell her? Like, what does she need? And so this woman handed her the glass and I told her to, read this and pick one scene out of it. And I was a huge fan of the Carol Burnett show. And so I decided I had to do a dramatic thing and I had to do a comedy. And so I did a skit from the Carol Burnett show where I played two characters. I played uh, the mama character and her daughter. Oh, um, right. Eunice. Yeah. Um, it was hilarious. <laughs> and then right. I did they the glass menagerie. Those scenes, I just watched one. Cause when I get depressed, I have to watch like Carol but there's oh one, you have to watch the one where they're playing the game, Sorry. It's Mama and Eunice and the, the husband playing Sorry and it's fucking hilarious. Hey everyone, you know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor 
I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality. And they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me, I never lie, factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S, dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero, okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, Judy Gold 50, to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. I grew up in New Jersey, so I your life is a fantasy to me. But I remember that, you know, that the high school performing arts for anyone who's our age, even though you're younger than me, is the is the fame school. It's the yeah. fame school. Yeah. And yeah. I, I went to music camp and uh all those kids that were like in the orchestra and the extras were in my I was like, oh my God. And you know, I didn't know until the movie came out. But I was in New Jersey, but I went to, but you went to camp too, which is such a Jew thing, right? I did. did. You <laughs> I, I got to get one. <laughs> yes, I did. My mother sent me to camp. She sent me to Camp Talcott, Camp Manitou. Yeah, she was, you know, they really wanted us to be able to experience as much as we could as kids. They were always very encouraging, my parents, and very supportive of everything we wanted to do. And so uh, my dad used to be a delivery boy on a bicycle, and he used to deliver packages to the high school performing arts back in the day. No way. Yeah, yeah. And so when he found out that I wanted to go there, he was like, oh, my God, this is kind of like karmic because I used to, I used to deliver to that school and stuff. And um, as soon as I pulled up to the school, uh, there were kids outside dancing and rehearsing monologues and doing, I was like, it was electric. It's magic, right? It was magic. It was magic. Yeah, I sing the body electric. Yes. So, you know, what's funny. My, my older son went to uh, Beacon High School, which is, they moved. They're now on 44th Street, but they were two blocks away from the High School of Performing Arts. And yeah. I was like, 
well, one time I was at the Lincoln Center Library and I walk outside at like 3.30 and there he is with his friends. They're all smoking cigarettes and acting like assholes. And I get this look like, do not come near me. And I was thinking, my kids like hang out after high school at Lincoln Center. I hung out at Quick Check, okay? Or right. Carvel. Right. And you know, here you are in the fucking heartbeat of of New York, of culture, of culture and art, you know? Absolutely. So you go to the school, so which is sort of like, now this is another thing people don't realize. You're in Queens and you have to go to Manhattan. And even though we're all part of New York City, it's like every borough has its own personality, yep. right? Yep. And as much as when you moved into your new neighborhood, like there's judgy judge. Oh, you live in Queens, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So was that another like major transition for you to, you know, be going into Manhattan? And first of all, the commute, was it shit? Well, let me tell you something. It was really, it, it took real discipline because I had to be up early in the morning to get on that express bus. And oh. hopefully I would get a seat because there was a line. Okay, right. and it'd be freezing. But you know, when you're in high school, all you think about is you want to be cute. Right. So I'd have a little jacket on. I wasn't really like dressing exactly the way I should right. have for winter. Right. But, um, you know, I was so excited about going to that school. Some mornings, well, a lot of mornings, my dad was so sweet. He'd get up early and drive me into the city. I with love all his father. shortcuts. Yeah, he was, he's so sweet. My dad, was, I was like, dad, where are you going? You got, I'm going to be late. And he was like, no, 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 mommy, I trust me. I got a shortcut. This block, I was like, dad, why can't you just go the straight freaking way? I'll get there faster. <laughs> Cousin so, cab driver yeah, to do it. Your cousin's husband. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But for the most part, you know, it was, um, I was excited. I was excited to, to be going into the city because I have family who lived in the city too. So I was there a lot. But we were like right in the heart of Broadway. All right. the theater, you know, everything, the excitement. It was so, so much culture, so much life. An experience for me. I remember uh, my acting teacher in high school, Tony Apeson, what an amazing teacher. He used to send us out after, he'd, he'd tell us in acting class, I want you guys to go out during lunch and I want you to be somebody else. Don't be yourself. Oh my like, God. Just pretend. So some, some days me and my girlfriends would go to lunch and we'd pretend we'd had a French accent. Oh and we would go to, to the cafe with <laughs> French accents. And one time he says, I want you to all go out and, you know, be like a homeless person, like beg. And a couple of kids came back with money in a hat. It was no hilarious. way. Yeah, I'm totally serious. See, but that's like, <laughs> I mean, you're, you know how like, all right. So you know how like people go, go and grow up in the suburbs and they dream and they dream and you actually got, to, I mean, it's so fucking great. You got to be like in the thick of it. I did. What a great acting teacher. I did. Oh, he was amazing. Honestly, I, I don't think I would have, I don't think I would have gained the confidence that I did and, and the knowledge that I did without him. Wow. He was teachers are so important. Yeah. So you're, you're 14 and you, well, you get, uh, well, you start acting in a rep theater, right? And you, you're yeah. working with, uh, you're in the La, La Familia Theater Company Correct. with Correct. Raul Julia and Julia Roberts. I mean, fuck! Taking acting classes. Hello. I know. It was insane. And taking acting classes. Yep. It was amazing. And doing repertory theater because my aunt, 
my aunt used to work for the theater and she's the one that got me in there. So excuse me, I used to do talent night and sing and, and we would perform at churches, at jails, prisons. And okay. my parents let me do all this. No I was way. Thinking, oh my God, I would have never let my daughter do that now. But um, it was unbelievable. Wait, wait, what was it like performing in jail? Oh my God. Oh my God. It was a little, it was a little scary at first, you know, because we didn't know what to expect, but it was a very controlled environment for the most part. Um, and, uh, I remember just, it it was, it was a great experience because I remember feeling like I was giving something to people there, giving something back because we were entertaining them and they enjoyed it thoroughly. And it was very special to be a part of that. What? Your fucking childhood is amazeballs. So <laughs> then you get cast in Oi Willie on PBS. Oh yeah, Willie. It was about a span uh, a Puerto Rican family in Spanish Harlem for PBS. We shot 13 episodes. Wow. So and all I- right. Now this is a question I have mm-hmm. because I I I interviewed uh Christine Taylor and she's married to Ben Stiller. And so she was telling me that she was in Pennsylvania, growing up in Pennsylvania, and she got a commercial. And all of a sudden, all the girls turned on her at school. Like, oh, you think, I mean, she wasn't a different person, but she was like on TV. So everyone was like, oh, you think you're so great because they were jealous. Did yeah. like, so you get this fucking show, Oya Willie. Did everyone, was everyone like all cunty to you or? You know what? Um, for the most part, my my close friends were happy for me. You know, right. for the for the most part, you know, there were a couple of those uh, those people that I had to deal with that were right. definitely jealous that didn't handle it well. But um, I think I think uh, I was the way my mother raised us. You know, she raised us to have a lot of humility and to to just just remember who we are and where we come from and to have compassion and not you know not, right. not bitchy. Um, so I understood jealousy early on, you know, it was, I, I had gone through enough stuff that I, uh, right. developed sort of a, a, a tactic of how to deal with it. Um, but for the most part, you know, people were happy. Definitely. Actually, it was interesting because in my neighborhood, you know, all of a sudden I had people who wanted to be my friends that really weren't paying a whole lot of attention to me. Before. Right. And I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Right. Um, but you learned that so early. You learned that phony fakeness and jealousy. And so that, like, you had the tools to deal with that. Like, because, come on, anyone in show business, I'm a comic. It's like, these other people get these specials and I'm like, fuck. And, I, you know, I used to be really like, why not me? And now I'm just like, there's room for every, I mean, I just learned it. But you learned yeah, yeah. at such a young age. What a fucking tool to have to not have to deal with that head shit while you're, you yeah. know, working. So- yeah, and to understand it, you know, to understand that, you know, uh, people go through their own emotions and that, right. you know, I don't it have- It has nothing to do with you. Right, it has nothing to do with me. And actually, it was it was a real nice thing because actually a lot of people that um, I wasn't friends with, I became friendly with, and, and I accepted their friendship. I didn't try right. to make them feel bad about it, you know? So um, it just was, I felt like- I don't know. I like I like I like to applaud and to help positivity grow, not to, to dump it with right, you right, know, right. negativity and you know ruin everything. So why you're not a comedian? So um, <laughs> <laughs> this here's something I am fascinated about about you. Okay, so you starred in two after school specials. Okay, 
can we just explain to everyone how no. the after school special? So for people, because kids now, when we went home from school, especially latchkey kids, they would yeah. they had programming for kids, and it was an after school special, and it was always about you know you had to a moral and it's you know. And, you know, you, I still remember these stupid after-school specials, but they were so impactful. But you started in, to, and they were always really, sub, you know, subversive topics that was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And so you started in, wait, I have to look at it, Class Act, A Teacher's Story. Right. And In the Shadow of Love, which was about AIDS. Yeah. Oh, so how old were you? How did you, like, what the fuck? Jeez, oh, Louise. Uh, I was pretty young. I think a class act came first. Um, I remember Ron Lieberman was in it. Um, um, there were there were some, yes, exactly. Uh, there were some wonderful <laughs> young actors. Um, and that, that I, I, I want to say maybe I was like uh, 18 or something wow. like that. Uh, I can't even you know and then in the shadow of love came and i was like probably 20 years old or something like that where i played the older sister whose brother gets aids wow uh, and uh yeah it was it was actually really uh really wonderful um and and deep storyline to be talking about back at that time because oh, that you're not kidding it was just yeah the aids epidemic and you know everybody it was early in the aids there. epidemic yeah 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 so it was really. What um, was it like shooting those? Like, was it, you know, was it different than like shooting a regular TV show where there, oh, were there uh, like sensitivity people? Like, you know, we're gonna be no. No, it was it was fun. It was fun because we felt like we were part of something, you know, and we were so much younger, you know. And when I was 20, 21, I looked like I was fifteen. So it was right. like I was still a kid in a lot of ways, you know. Um, and we were just excited, but but also learning um, to be professional. You know, Kevin Hooks directed uh, right. that one, I believe. And um, he directed, yeah, I think it was Kevin Hooks that directed that one. Um, but, you know, and also so just learning. Many, huh? Yeah, so many people did those, those um, after school specials and became huge, you know, yeah. movie stars. Yeah, yeah. I know it's crazy. Um, yeah, that's why I always love. I don't know about you, but I always love when I see something and I'm like, "Oh my God, there's yes. Winter Space!" I didn't even know he was in this. Yes, I love that. I watched. Now, I remember I saw like a Room Two Twenty Two about uh, a, a fat, like a fat kid who was, um, you know, acting out, and finally, like the moral is like, you know what? Just be yourself. No one cares if you're fat and stop. You know, right. you're funny. You're funny. Like be right. funny. And right. the fat kid was Bob Balaban, and he wasn't fat. He wasn't oh, even God. fat. It was oh, like, my. you know, like you look back, fat now versus fat forty years ago, right? It's like, yeah. oh, they're a little bit. They don't even look overweight right. now. Right. Right. Okay. I can't find anywhere where you went to college. And you majored in psychology and communications? Yeah, I actually got a theater scholarship first to Marymount Manhattan College. 
Nice. So I went to Marymount Manhattan College. And then, because uh, my mom did not want me to go away to college. She was afraid to let me go. Latina mother, very uh, protective. Um, and then I told my mom, I said, if you don't let me go away to college, I'm not going to go to college. So she was like, okay, fine. Um, I had met a girlfriend of mine, Lori Vega, who <laughs> at Marymount, who was a music and art singer student. And she decided she was going to go to, um, uh, to New Paltz University to go All up, right. you know, beautiful... I was like, oh my gosh. She was like, girl, you got to come over here. We, they got some cute guys up in here. You got to come over here. I was like, really? Oh my God. So I went over there and I decided that I was going to study uh, major in psychology because again, Tony Apeson, my acting teacher told us, if you guys go to college, take psychology, major in psychology so you can understand human behavior as actors. Wow, that's so small. I love this teacher. He's amazing. Anthony Apeson, you can look him up, you guys. He's still teaching. Yeah. And so I decided I was going to be a psychology major and a theater minor. And I did communications as well. Um, and I knew, fell in love with psychology. You did. You did. I so, did. But you knew you were going to act the whole time. But then- Oh, yeah. I mean, I knew I was. Yeah, I knew I was going to act. Although for a minute, I remember taking a lot of psychology classes. And one of my my instructors was like, you know, you really ought to consider this as a profession because you know, you're very good at it. I did. I loved it. I sucked it all in. I was like, nah, I'm going to be an actress. <laughs> it <laughs> worked know? out okay. But right, I did, I so funny that, so when you do your characters, do you really, do you really delve deep into their, you I do. I do. I do. I do. I mean, you know, there's a piece of all of us in every part we play, you of know, course. as actors, yeah. you know, and you pull from different things, but it was always the as if, right? Right. If this is happening, as if you've lived through this, as right, if, right. you know, that happened to you or, or to that person. So there's that, you know, that jump to imagination, you know, that, uh, and I remember, again, Anthony Aves and always talking about our choices, that our choices needed to be strong. And so um, that was always the process of what were the choices and then the character study of who, who is this character? What do I say about myself? And what do other people say about me? And this is right, how we right. build on a character, you know? So there was, that's why psychology was so important, you know, background right. and upbringing and all these kinds of things. That was great. You get to understand so much. So you, you graduate and then do you start working? Well, you never really stopped working, right? You, like you. So, so what happened what, what happened was in, in performing arts, they didn't really allow us to work. So I had to work during the summer. Right. And the only one that really got to do, uh, to do work was my girlfriend, Erica Gimple. She played Coco in the television series fame and they let her go do. Oh the, you know? my God. Yeah. Cause it was about their school. Wait, can I exactly. ask you a question? Was yeah. when you like, all right, when you were in the high school performing arts and you're like auditioning for a play, it must've been like, 10,000 million times more competitive than like a regular high school. Was that, was it, or did they make it so that everyone was going to be working or getting a part? Or- no, you know what? You had to audition for the parts. You had to audition right. for the parts. And I, we, we, we had a bus and truck company that Tony Apeson put together and we would go travel to different schools and perform. We put this show together, Helen Slater, who played Supergirl, you know, wrote the music. She right. was freaking amazing. Thing. Erica Gimple was in it. Keisha Lewis, who's one of the stars of the uh, uh, the uh, Paul Reiser series. Right. Um, anyway, it was it, just so many wonderful students who 
uh, with strong actors and you had to audition for that bus and truck company. You know, you couldn't just, not everybody was allowed to be in it. Right. So it was definitely, you know, they, they, they tried to prepare us for the real world of theater and hustling, you know, and all that. But really, I mean, obviously the best experience you get is being out there and pounding the pavement. Oh, a lot of, yeah. A lot of actors, young actors, I tell them that these, I was like, you gotta, you gotta up your hustle because right. nobody's going to hand you anything. You can't sit home and wait for the phone to ring. You got to go get a job and pay your bill. The time they're like, Oh, my manager didn't get me this. It's like, you get it. You right. do the work. They right. negotiate the deal. You, they don't they got, get you. You got to hustle. It's a, it's right. a group effort. It's a team effort and you got to right. hustle. And I really try to help them understand that. And um, be prepared. You know, and be prepared. That's the thing I always say, study. You want to know how to be an actor? Go learn how to be an actor. You right. have to train, you know? And so, so anyways, yeah. So after high school, I went to Marymount Manhattan College. I studied theater. And to tell you the truth, at that time, I felt like I had learned so much in high school that I needed, I, I, I just needed a deeper training. So I actually started taking classes on the side um, and I, I decided to switch schools and I went to, to, to go study psychology at Marymount. And then what happened was um, I had agents early on and I hustled to get those agents. It, back you, in the day, yeah. we used to go to the agency, slip the picture and resume under their door. We went door to door. We and didn't have cell phones. We didn't have computers. <laughs> right. You had to go there. And then like some people would leave candy or cupcake, yep. you know, like it yep. was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very different. And I remember, I'll never forget. Then there was the beeper. You know, so if they, I got an eight, I got myself an agent and then I had a beeper and a payphone. service. The answer. You remember those answering services? Yes. Yeah. Oh my yep. God. So, yep. So and I just started auditioning, you know, and that was, I just kept working. And from that ABC after school special, by the way, I'm, I'm sorry, from the um, PBS series, people that worked on there recommended me for other stuff. And right. that's how, you know, my and reputation Right. And also people don't realize, don't burn a bridge. Like you never know where someone's going to be. It's That's like, right. okay, you had a bad experience. It was one experience. Like fucking get over yourself. These people, you know yeah. what I mean? Cause everyone yeah. talks in this business. It's like fucking high school. So you graduate college, you're working the Cosby show. You yeah. had audition for the Cosby. What, can you tell me a little bit about I had to audition for the Cosby show? First of all, I, I, I came back to the city and I took classes at Hunter college, but right. um, because I had my agents, my agents were like, listen, we have so much stuff that we want to send you out for, but you got to be here in the city. Right. So that's when I made the switch and I started auditioning and the Cosby show was hilarious because here again, right. Um, the only things really available to us back in that day, quite frankly, were very stereotypical right, right. roles of, you know, uh, you know, whether it was a negative stereotype or just an uneducated stereotype, it, that, that's the right. stuff that, that, that was out there for us, you know? Right. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I auditioned for the Cosby show and I had to have this accent and I had the hardest time with it because I was like, but I don't have an accent. I don't even know how to do an accent. I was like, I was angry about it, you know, but that was actually one of the things that I had to learn. Do it. What? Do it. Can you do the accent? Oh my God. Yeah, I can, I can do it. I can do the accent now. It was hilarious. I was, I remember it was like, oh, Dr. Hoxtable, uh, I don't know. It's, 
like I have headache and then I don't, you know, I don't feel good. And, and, and I was like, and I, I just was like, wait a minute. I went to freaking school to perfect my, my, um, my voice addiction to speak yeah. like a theater artist, you know, that, and take all these classes and speak properly. And I have to do, but I was like, Lisa, I was like, Lisa, you got to get in the business. You have to be able to play different characters. But it was, it was, it, it, the thing that got to me was that that was all I was getting to do. And so that's when it became unacceptable to me. Right. You know? Right. And that, that's what's shit about the business. You get a part in High Incident. Oh, that was amazing. Right? That was like ridiculous. That okay. was ridiculous. And- I, I had done a two hour spinoff of The Commish with, with Michael Chiklis. Oh, who- by the way, I love. Wait, can I tell you my Michael Chiklis story? Yes, please. I love him. Okay, I love him. So there was a comedy club called Comedy U Grand. It was in Soho. And in the late 80s, early 90s, like we all worked there. And Thursday nights was only women comics. And it was the only night we all got to work together because they never put more than one woman on a show. So I met all my, my girlfriend's comics, you know, Thursday nights. And Michael Chiklis was the bartender, right? And oh my god. He, yes, and he was engaged to this snot like this woman who was from like a snotty I think she was Jewish from a snotty family and uh the parents didn't want her to marry him because he was a bartender and like she breaks up with him and like a few I mean I don't know if this is the perfect the timing of it but a few months later he gets that part where he plays, um, uh, what's his name? His first movie. He played uh, from SNL, the one who OD'd. Um, and oh, has a Belushi. Belushi. Yeah, he plays John Belushi in this movie. And that like jumpstarts his career. And this woman fucking, and I remember like I would go to the club and he'd be bartending. I'm like, she's a fucking asshole. Fuck her. And he is oh the nicest guy to this yeah, day. Is. Like I'll see him somewhere and it's like old, you know, like those people who are like, yes, you know yes. what I mean? So you get he's on the mensch. Yeah. He's he's mensch. So he gets commission. And so you're on the commish and. Right. Uh, so, right. So, so yeah. So, and by the way, I met my husband at college. So in New Paul, so Jay, yes, we've been together for 35 years, 35 years. Mazel tov and Simon tov and Simon tov and Mazel tov and Mazel tov and Simon tov and Yes. Oh my God, you're like your story. You have. Oh God. Okay, go ahead. Yes. That's so, so great. Wait. Yes. Did your, wait. Did your parent? Were your parents like, "Ew, don't marry it"? Like, were they? Did they? No, want you actually, married? no. They were not like that. Actually, it was actually quite hysterical. They were not like that. They were like, "Well, we noticed, you know, you don't, you're not dating any Puerto Rican guys. Like, do you not like?" I was like, eh. "I was like, I like <laughs> Jewish boys with blue eyes." <laughs> and Jay had blue eyes and blondish, you know, dirty blondish hair, and he was he was such a mention, so cute and so smart. And um, what class did you meet? You meet in class or at a part like we met in English class. We met in English class and he was so determined to date me. And he just, he was hysterical. He found out the, the, the phone number to, to the, to the, the, um, 
public phone booth outside of my suite, my college dorm right, suite. Right, right, right. Yes, and he found the number. Phone. One day yeah. I get a knock at the door. Yeah, and he and they're like, oh, there's some guys on the phone for you. And it was Jay. And he was like, hey, this is your classmate, Jay Cohen, from <laughs> English class. I want to take you on a date. I was like, how did you get this number? <laughs> he was like, I got my ways. And he just pursued me. He just pursued me. He was relentless and um, and just supported me and just was oh so. Oh, my God. What was this? Is, did, was his family OK with you? Not well, being so, it's OK. I have a funny story for you. My parents, first of all, he was a charmer. He brought food when he came over to my house the first right. time, talked up my parents and, you know, they fell in love with him right away. Right. And what, so when he was taking me home to meet his mom and dad, it was actually hilarious because he pulled up. He says, listen, I've prepared my parents and he he they know I don't like Jewish girls because <laughs> he like he liked the Latinas and the Italians. So. <laughs> So he takes me to his house. We pull up and his whole family is standing outside the house. His mother, his father, and his sister, who at oh the time God. was 15 years old, right? Oh my my sister-in-law, Lisa. Her name's Lisa too. And we, uh, we open up the wind, uh, you know, open up the door and my mother-in-law goes, hi, how are you? How you doing, Lisa? I've heard all about you. Right side. Didn't I hear all about, didn't haven't we heard all about her? It was his, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it was hysterical. It was hilarious. So I go inside and they made dinner and it was a lot of fun. And then I was going to spend the night because, you know, the drive was far for school and Jay was insisting to sleep in the same room. And his mother was like, absolutely not. You're not sleeping with her, Jay. And so he when he brought a pillow and put it on the floor right outside of his door. And he slept there the whole night. The next morning, the next I'm out like the light. The next morning I hear, I open my eyes and I hear somebody go, good morning. How are you? Did you sleep all right? And it was my mother-in-law sitting in a chair watching me, waiting for me to wake up. And I was like, oh my God, where am I? And she says, I just wanted to have a moment with you before everybody else. And we went, woke up. We just want you to know that we've always really wanted Jay to marry a Jewish girl. But he, you just make him so happy. And he loves you. So welcome to the family. And I was, oh, my God. <laughs> I story. That she was in the chair in the room. Yes. Yes, she was. And my father-in-law is so funny because he goes, we were telling this story not that long ago, the other day, and he goes, you should have known at that moment to run, get in the car and run. <laughs> but it probably made you love him more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love my I love my in-laws. I love my family. My sister, my Lisa is my sister. I mean, you know, 35 years. So and, uh, they're my biggest fans. And um, we just love each other. I'm grateful. Thank you all so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with Lisa Vidal. Isn't she fucking amazing? Make sure to tune in next week for part two. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. It helps more people find this amazing show. Five stars only, please, for the review. Thank you. Also, if you value and like my opinion, which if you're listening, (laughs) I, I think you might, my new book, Yes, I Can Say That, When They Come for the Comedians, We're All in Trouble. It's now available for pre-order, and it'll be released July 28th. And in case you need convincing, I'll quote my dear friend Amy Schumer. No one makes me laugh harder than Judy Gold. If I had to pick one comedian to write a book about free speech, it would be Judy. Thanks, Amy. 
So there you go. It would mean so much to me if you would check it out. All pre-order links are on the homepage of my website, judygold.com. Get it wherever you get your books. Hopefully you read. Please make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram for all upcoming virtual dates at judygold at J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. You know, like Jew Gold. (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening. Stay safe, stay well, and as we always say, so long! Don't forget to tune in next week to Just Kill Me Now. Um, or, let's just kill me. Oh. Don't forget to turn uh, for part two on Just Kill Me. No, it's not. It's <laughs> just, just Kill Me. Now. No, Judy Gold's Just Kill Me. Just Kill Me Now. Just Kill Me Now.